Hello, everybody. I'm Rodrigo, and this is the Way of the Wayfarer podcast, and with me is Perry Keeve. Yes. Perry uh, <laughs> is an amazing athlete. He was actually the 400. You ran the 400 I in ran high the school? 400. I did. High school, in high school, actually, Perry was an awesome runner. He is super athletic, comes from a family of athletes, True. had the chance to be a, uh, is it 1A? Is that the, the, the big leagues in, yeah. in college? Yeah. Had the chance to be part of a 1A team for the 400 and gave it all up to pursue his true passion, <laughs> which is making candles. <laughs> now, he's not as good at making candles as he is at running, but he tries every day, which is a perfect segue. <laughs> I don't make candles. <laughs> Barry, which is a perfect segue into our topic today, which today we're talking about habit. Okay. And let me off the get-go, because I know there's people, got a, uh, some people <laughs> out there that may get us on us about this, so I'm going to be very honest off the get-go. Sure. Uh, you're going to have a hard time, Perry, if uh, you look up on your concordance, mm -hmm. when you open your Bible, you're not going to find anything under habit. Okay. All right? Like, the Bible doesn't really talk about habit. Uh, a lot of what I'm going to talk about actually comes from a book that I read recently, which I would recommend every human on earth read other than the Bible. Okay. And the book is called The Power of Habit, which I will get to in a second. But even though uh, the Bible doesn't talk about habit, uh, I think we can all agree that at the end of the day, my good friend Perry, mm -hmm. we are a summation of what we do often. Absolutely. And I don't think that, even though the Bible doesn't explicitly ever say that, I think that's one of those universal truths that we can all agree on. Hmm. By and large, who we end up being as people has a lot to do with what we habitually do. Right. If you habitually kill people, you're a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. Is, I'm following that you. Is not, that is not the example that I was going to give. But the reason why we're talking about this in this podcast is because, uh, Perry, uh, let me give you this analogy. Mm -hmm. The difference between me and an Olympic athlete, right, really boils down to our habits. Sure. Right? Like... An Olympic athlete, for one, exercises a lot more than I do, probably eats very differently mm -hmm. than I do, uh, and does a lot of activities that I just don't do. Like, that person's habitual lifestyle is very different than me, just a mere human. Right. Right? And I think the reason why it's important for us to understand this is because uh, Christianity and practicing and being disciples of Jesus, right, mm -hmm. should come with a certain set of habits. Like when people observe our lives and they observe the day-to-day -day activities of said lives, mm -hmm. much like you could observe an Olympic athlete's life and my life and go, oh, those two are different, right? right? You should be able to observe our lives and the lives of non-Christians and go, there's something different there. Right. Right. And so I think part of the spiritual journey, for as much as it is spiritual, it is also a journey that is very much habit-based. Okay. I'm following you. And I know that you particularly enjoy this topic because I think if there is uh, – you have many qualities 
Uh, uh, Thank you. But the other one is like you you really are a creature of habit. Like you are Very much down so. on this idea much of so. like I'm going to do stuff every day. Mhm. Mhm. Do you want to explain to the people how you've come to this uh I guess ideal in life? Sure. Well, first I think just growing up me personally there was always a sense of like I became a Christian at 15 years old. 2004, my freshman year in high school. And there were a few things as soon as I became a Christian that were like, okay, I know I'm going to do this thing every day. And and the two biggest ones is just read and pray and try to talk to somebody about Jesus, all right? Those three things. Um, so I already woke up early in the morning because I go to school or I went to school. So I was already going to be up early in the morning. And it just made sense in my mind when I wake up, one of the things that I do every day because my body needs it is food. Right. I always eat breakfast. I like breakfast. Breakfast tastes good. And so in my mind, I'm like the Bible talks about spiritual food all the time, talks about Jesus being the bread of life, talks about the word being as sweet as honey. So if I'm going to eat food, might as well consume spiritual content as well. So in my mind, there was no better time that was already set aside in my schedule to read and pray. So it became a thing. Uh, I read and prayed as frequently as I at least ate breakfast. Does that make sense? Sure. And I rarely ever miss breakfast, lunch, or dinner uh, <laughs> because I like food. All right. Um, and, and I think from that, and honestly, if I'm going to be honest, I, I watch a lot of anime growing up. I, I, I say that the Lord has trained me through anime. But all my heroes, if you if you watch they're masters. That's right. Yeah, they're masters at what they do, and they're masters at what they do because they spend every day doing that thing. And when I was a young Christian, it, it was in my mind, literally, like, I'm going to be a master at the Bible. Right. Uh, and so I need to be in it every day. Now, recently, because of the diabetes, uh, it's, it's kind of given me a whole new um, – not understanding, but I just think about food and exercise differently. So nowadays, I have a whole, you know, I'm up at 5 a.m., four-hour routine that includes an hour-long prayer walk, that includes, uh, you know, at least 30 minutes of, like, study time in the Bible, that includes making breakfast, uh, keto-friendly breakfast, if you will, and eating right, it, right, uh, right. and some cardio, uh, and some weightlifting as well. So, like, and, and I, I do these things because... I know that life is enhanced when I do them. Yes. I'm becoming the my best self, if right. you will. Well, so here's the thing, right? And I think uh, here's the one thing that I think we need to really understand about habit. Habit is a really powerful thing. And like I said, I think everybody should read this book I wrote. It's called The Power of Habit, and that's literally what the book is about. Right. And uh, opening the book, uh, like in the in the first chapter – uh, the guy that wrote the book, whose name escapes me right now, um, he ta he talks about this anecdote, which completely blew me away, about this man who had uh, encephalitis, which encephalitis is an infection of the brain. Okay. And basically, to save his life, they had to remove a part of his brain that was infected, and the part of the brain that they had to take out uh, – well, actually, no, I, I misremember that – Basically, because of the infection, they saved his life because of the infection, a part of his brain basically went, uh, stopped working. Okay. And the part of, it, of his brain that stopped working was the part that is responsible for memory. So this guy woke up from a coma, basically, and didn't remember his wife, didn't remember his name, couldn't recognize his kids, 
like nothing. And and this guy lived for like 30 years this way because when right. this happened, he was like in his late 50s. Okay. And so this guy basically became a study for a lot of people that that uh, that study behavior. Mm -hmm. But amongst the people that sort of study him was a man that studied habit because something really fascinating happened in that at some point uh, after this whole thing with his brain happened, he uh, he broke a hip, he fell, and after he recovered from that, as part of his uh, recovery, he had to go on walks. Okay. And so his wife, at the same time every day, would take him out on a walk, and the reason why his wife would accompany him is because she felt that if she didn't, he could never go go find his house. Right, Because right. he just couldn't remember where he lived. Right. And But there was one time that uh, the wife was really busy and for forgot about their walk, and she was in the middle of doing a bunch of stuff, and then all of a sudden he re she realized that her husband was not home. And basically she panicked and she ran off and was like, where's my husband? He's lost and all this mm -hmm. other stuff. And basically what happened is that this man... At the time that they always went on a walk, uh, just went and basically found his way home just because they always followed the same route. <laughs> right. So even though this man's memory was broken, Perry, <laughs> through the power of habit, yeah. he basically could navigate the world. Right. And if habit can do that, for a man whose brain literally doesn't work, imagine what it can do right. in our lives. Right. Right? And see, here's the thing. And, and uh, let, me, let me make sure that I address this because I think this is super important. Right. Right? One of the things that the book talks about is how uh, we form habits. And how we form habits is by this thing that the author called uh, the, the habit loop. Right. Okay. All right? And so – for us to create any habit, right, there has to be a behavioral uh, a trigger, right, like a cue, right, that triggers a behavior, and that behavior uh, triggers a reward, and sort of what fuels this whole cycle has to be craving. Okay. Right, and probably the biggest lesson that I learned, Perry, is that not only. Are we a result mm -hmm. of what we do often? But probably the most powerful thing about habit is that it's a way for us to ultimately do what we really enjoy. Like habits are addictive, basically. And, and I, I don't know that the, habits stick. I don't know that addictive is the right word. Habits stick ultimately. Because we found a, we find a certain degree of mm. enjoyment in them. Right. Right. Because like, and for example, I'll, I'll give you uh, one example. Uh, smoking, for as bad as it is, right? Some, and again, talking about this habit loop, somebody gets uh, stressed because of work, right? And they know that they have to soothe that stress somehow, and so they, their be the behave the way they behave to soothe that trigger is by smoking a cigarette, right, the release of the nicotine is rewarding to right. their brain because right. it calms them down or whatever. And because nicotine is highly addictive, that's where the craving goes and it sort of fuels right. this whole thing, right? And even though, and this is the crazy thing, even though we know that smoking is horrible for right. you, people still do it because 
it's rewarding. Yeah. Because there's something uh, that they find enjoyable in it. Right. And I do want to uh, distinguish that there's a difference between having a conversation about habit and having one about self-discipline. Because they're not necessarily the same thing. Right. And and I do think that in, especially early on, as you're forming a habit, right, there is some self-discipline in, involved that you have to really push, mm. right, because it's something that you're not used to doing. And for example, I'll give you an example in my life. Uh, this year, I basically resolved to every day wake up at four in the morning, mm. right? I have two children, especially during the school year. My kids, we basically have to leave my house at 7.30 for them to get to school on time, right? Right. And so they have to wake up early. I have to wake up early. Six, to wake up, like basically to get them ready, I have to wake up at six. They have to wake up at 6.30. That is early enough. Right. And and usually through the entirety of my life, I've been waking up at six, mm-hmm. right, to wake up, to make some coffee, which I love, uh, basically read my Bible and pray. And that for up until my kids started school, that is uh, – how I lived my spiritual life. Like right. my my whole day was founded on having these two hours mm-hmm. in which I could read the Bible and pray. Right. Right. And so when my kids started going to school, like that literally went out the window. Right. And I really saw the that there was bad consequences of that. And and really like once your day gets going, like it's really hard. And I'm not saying I'm not arguing that uh four in the morning is the time that you need to do it. I'm saying sure. like Generally speaking, to find a time during the day where you can yeah. like dedicate time yeah. to this, uh, to me, what made the most sense is to wake up earlier than six. Right. And four was the, the right. only mem- number I could I could think of. Right. right. And initially, man, it was brutal. Mm-hmm. Like those two hours make a huge difference. Right. Right. And so initially, I really had to be very self disciplined and push through and really like. Uh, exert some self-control and mm-hmm. exert some self-discipline right. to be able to really build a habit to wake up at 4 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And now, I'll tell anybody to wake up at 4 in the morning, right. Gary, because it is such a peaceful time. Like, nobody wants to bother you <laughs> at 4 in the morning. Right. My kids aren't waking up at 4. Even if I <laughs> made them, they will go back to sleep. Right. Right? right. My wife doesn't wake up at 4 in the morning. Like, <laughs> It's a time where, like, really, I'm totally unbothered and I'm at peace. You know what I mean? Like, it's quiet outside. Mm-hmm. There's no traffic noise. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, it's, like, the perfect time right. to, like, dedicate some time to God, right? Right. But I'm saying all of this to basically say that at the beginning it was hard, but now I love it. Right. Like, I love it because I've really reaped the rewards from it. Right. And sort of, like, in my life there's been this uh, habit loop, if you will, that's been created around waking up at 4 in the morning. Yeah. No, I— so a scripture comes to mind, and I, I think this whole conversation, I'm sorry, I keep bumping the table. The whole conversation, obviously what we're going to get to is spiritual habit, Christian habits. Um, but the problem is I think a lot of times we view Christianity in, in a wrong way. Like a lot of times we see religion, we see God in the Bible, you know, the whole acronym, Bible means basic instructions before right. leaving earth, as if. <laughs> Like, this whole thing is some kind of security system for our afterlife. Right. Uh, and while the Bible does promise rewards in the afterlife, like, a lot of it is talking about life in general, how you live, what you do, becoming someone who lives up to what God 
who God made us to be. Yep. And, and, and I think about the scripture in Ephesians 4, verse 17, it says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do right. in the futility of their thinking. And that's important. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity uh, with a continual lust for more. Uh, that, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Jesus and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And yes. I bring that up because there are two kinds of habits that you can build. Right. And I, and I think the problem is a lot of times we grow up and we build very unhealthy habits. habits. We get those grooves in our mind, man, in our body, in our hearts. We learn the paths of least resistance. Right. And what's going to gratify our desires as quick as possible, um, as good as possible. And, and so when we become Christians, I think the problem we have is we think about it like, okay, my soul is saved now. And either right. one of two things. So now I can kind of keep doing these habits and God will, God's grace will cover, cover over them, right? right. Uh, so I'm going to still do them. Or we think in some supernatural way, as soon as we become Christians, those habits go away. Right. When they don't, this talks about, uh, you know, you learned how to live, but it tells you to put off your old self. self. Right. Like, he or she is going to be trying to rule yourself because you've trained your right. mind. And so... I think when it comes to the whole idea of Christian habit, like we have to understand it, it is going to take that self-discipline that you talked about, but it's going to take a willingness to say no to the things that you might have loved before. Right. And so what you're saying is uh, a perfect segue to one of the things that I really wanted to bring up, which is uh, our spiritual selves, right, and this idea of putting on the new self, right, where that lives is in our habits. Right. And and let me make sure. I'm not talking about works. I'm not talking about earning our salvation here. Sure. But like you said, the Bible does talk about us, when we become Christians, putting on the new self. Yes. Right? And uh, actually on our last podcast about uh, feelings, and on this one, we're sort of addressing the same thing in that uh, – you know, one of the things that the, the book talks about is that if you want to change your habits, right, you have to change something in that habit loop, right? But here's the thing, Perry. We can't do anything about uh, stimuli, about triggers, right? Because right? those will always be around mm -hmm. us. We can't do anything about the fact that we are uh, reward-based creatures. Sure. That is just we are moved by rewards. Mm -hmm. Like that's what – like. That's what gets us from point A to point B most of the time right. is some type of reward. And we can't help the fact that our brain just uh, it, it sort of creates these patterns of um, of craving, if you will. Like once our brain finds something that we enjoy, it makes us want right. more of it. Right. So we can't do anything about those things. That is just sort of how like the system works. Yeah. But the one thing that we can change is how we behave around those things. And so a stimulus can come, say you're a smoker, right? Yep. Yep. And whereas 
the way that you dealt with your stress was through a cigarette. You're now a Christian, right? And instead of going to a cigarette, right, you're now going to pray, call a friend, read some scripture, mm-hmm. whatever. Go on a run. Or go on a run. Yeah. Exactly. So you can't do anything about the stimulus, but you, what you can change is the behavior. And these new behaviors are going to give you the reward, and they're going to make you crave uh, the same behavior when the stimulus comes again. Right. But it would be ridiculous, right? If somebody told me that they were a Christian, right? And the way that they still uh, behave towards stress is by lighting up a cigarette. Right. Because you go like, that doesn't make sense. Right. And so where, and, and again, I don't think we talk about this very often, where are our new, where the new flesh lives? Yeah, it is born of the spirit, right? Yeah. It is born of the Holy Spirit. We get the Holy Spirit. But how one of in one of the ways that our lives legitimately changes is when we change our habits. Right. I don't think we can deny that. I, I don't think we can like walk away from that and go like, well, that's not true. Right. Well, it, it's the misconception. Like, you know, I've mentioned I, I, I just had a baby last year, um, Margot. She's beautiful. Um, objectively, she is the most beautiful child on the face of the earth. Right. Objectively. She, he also stole her from Korea, just so you know. <laughs> she does look Asian. Perry is <laughs> black. His wife is white. And, like, I'm talking, like, Illinois white. <laughs> That's true. She's from Illinois. <laughs> and their baby looks like a, like a very good-looking version of Tiger Woods. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. And she's a girl. Anyways... It would be like us having that baby, right? And then not expecting that baby to learn life habits. Right. Like breathe or eat (laughs) or, hey, one day crawl and stand up and then go to school and learn and use your brain. And so, like, why do we look at actual infants and understand that, like, to actually live life and to be the kind of human being that her parents want her to be and the rest of the world wants her to be, like, we don't want her to be a blob, right? right? The, the point is not that she's just alive in the world. The point is that she grows and flourishes and has a wonderful life. And the way that's going to happen is by her learning to do things. And I, I think the whole faith-only conversation that happens when people get afraid of the idea of works. Right. Right? But it's like, well, let's stop. If, if we're going to be born again uh, through water and the spirit, right, if we're going to become spiritual infants, right, and all, all these things are in the scriptures. Right. Um, if we're going to do that, the the goal of it is to mature and to become like Jesus. Right. So if you become spiritually born, if you become a Christian, and you do not, if your habits do not also get reborn to help you be a person who resembles Jesus in your thoughts, in your words, in your actions, then effectively what you are doing, the Bible says, is quenching the Holy Spirit, Right, is denying life. And, and I, I'll, I'll bring that concept up because this scripture that I just read, it says the futility of their thinking, and, and when they do all these sinful things, they lose sensitivity, like their hearts become hard. And then they keep doing worse and worse things. These people lose the ability to see the effect of death. Right. And I think that's what we do. Once we become Christians, 
we should see that though these things had some worldly rewards, at the end of the day, all of them are steering our lives towards nothingness. Sorry, go ahead. No, amen. Towards nothingness and death. I was talking to a few brothers the other day, and, and one of them was saying to me, like, he's like, you know, in my um, – I work with college students, and, and honestly, like, uh, pornography and masturbation are um, huge problems uh, in the young college age, honestly, millennial age generation right. uh, because of the internet and all that kind of stuff. But the brother was saying, like, he's like, when I'm not reading my Bible and praying – He's like, I become this blob that binge watches TV, eats myself to sleep, and honestly watches porn and, and, and masturbates. And he's like, it, he said, it frustrates me to no end to know that, like, like there's a, some part of me that wants to do that. But then there's, a, there's another part of me that realizes, like, that is just such a dead-end blob kind of life that even the non-Christian would look at and be like, that's worthless. Right. You know? And, and yet, we see that these things lead to death. And I don't even mean physical death. I mean the death of your dignity for right. the most part, right? <laughs> uh, the, the death of your respectability um, the, or, or, or the death of your relationship, the death of your sure, career. something. Like, these things lead to nothingness, and we have to train ourselves to see that the rewards in living like Jesus are far more rich and dense and fulfilling than the awards that lead to death. Yeah. So here's the other thing, Barry, that I think, and, and what you just said is, is completely true. Um, like I said, I don't think you can um, you can truly be spiritual without changing some of your, well, a lot of your habits. <laughs> right. And see, here's the thing, and I think this is something that we need to realize, right? Uh, the habits that you have right now, right? And this is a thing where it gets really scary. The habits that you have right now, you either form them on purpose mm -hmm. or you form them just because they form themselves. Okay. Right? Right. And I think the, the crazy thing is to form bad habits is super easy. <laughs> to form good habits takes a lot of work. Right. But uh, like I said, and I mentioned this at the beginning, one of the things that I want to make completely clear is that, again, these habits that we need to form as Christians are enjoyable and good things to pursue. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we're not talking about, like, because I think where people sort of uh, find a big obstacle in this conversation is sort of in the in their mind, they go through, like, the, uh, the montage, you know what yeah. I mean, of, like, trying and failing right. or, like, stumbling and all this other stuff, when there may be some of that, you know what I mean? Like, but at the end of the day, like these things like prayer and reading our Bibles and sharing our faith mm -hmm. and building uh, strong godly relationships and having a habit of doing that, uh, loving people, service, like mm -hmm. serving people, all of those are enjoyable habits. Right. Like, Habits are formed, right, again, when there's some reward and some craving involved. Right. Even in this book, alluding back to the book, uh, they tell the story of how Febreze came to market. And when Febreze launched, it was this huge failure, mm -hmm. right? 
And the reason why is because uh, even though the the Febreze has a product, right? Basically, they advertise it as this thing that could make bad, bad odors go away. Okay. Which is, chemically speaking, that is literally what Febreze does. Right. Right? And so they launched, and they thought, like, they had this huge hit on their hands, right? <laughs> and basically, for the first year, Febreze, like, was a total flop because people would buy it, and then they would never buy it again. But the reason why is because the way they advertised it uh, didn't create any kind of reward, and it also didn't create any kind of craving. Like when Febreze launched, it didn't launch with being the smell good stuff. Right. Right? It launched just being this chemical that you would spray and it would make odors go away, but they didn't make anything smell nice. Mm -hmm. And so when they relaunched it, they advertised it as a, like, basically they advertised it as a reward for vacuuming, for example. Right. So like, oh, if you vacuum your living room, reward yourself by spraying some Febreze. Right. Right? And then they made it smell a lot better, which then made it, like, people were like, oh, man, this smells really good. Right. You know, I'm going to crave this. Right. And again, like, I, I say all of that because uh, good habits ultimately lead to a life that I think is a lot more rewarding. And back to one of the things that you were saying, a life that we're a lot more proud of, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is a, an issue of dignity here, man. When you have strong habits, and I and I don't mean this in a in a in a bad prideful sense, but when you have good habits, there is something to that you can hang your hat on. Right. Not in an arrogant way, but in a way of like, man, like you can feel proud of yourself. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? That that you do like the good thing. Yeah. Like like what what comes to my mind when I think about this is that it's. This isn't even really a Christian conversation. I mean, it is. It is. Well, we'll get to the Christian part here. Right. We'll get to the Christian part. <laughs> but but even like the most successful people, right, will if you look at their lives, they do things that normal people don't do. Like that's the difference between like honestly normal and extraordinary is that people have these habits uh, that get them into healthy grooves that bring not only rewards but success yeah. oftentimes. Uh, you mentioned the difference between you and an athlete or, or an Olympic athlete. Like, the the people that we think about that are at the top of society because of their skill or whatever, like, these people are extremely disciplined and they have consistent habits that build uh, progress, rewards, and success. Um, and, and the difference is uh, when it comes to Christianity, like, we're talking about specific habits that – uh, lean towards righteousness, to our, towards our right. relationship with God. Yes. So anybody can wake up at 4 a.m., and that's going to reap good rewards. Right. But like, just like anybody could buy any girl flowers, that's a good romantic thing to do. It doesn't mean that girl is your girlfriend, you know? Right. Uh, you can, like, just because you do romantic she things. She could be your girlfriend in your mind. <laughs> right. You could do romantic things, but it doesn't mean that you're in a relationship. And the difference with Christianity is, like, I'm not doing these things for self-help or right. self-betterment. Right. I'm doing these things because I'm convinced that Jesus, one, is the greatest reward, that God is the greatest reward, and that he's the most fulfilling thing. Yes. And so when I wake up early in the morning, when I exercise, when I meditate, when I read my Bible, when I uh, reach out to somebody or make somebody laugh, like, all of these things in my mind 
they are what my relationship with God is made of. Yes. And it's me trying to please God, trying to make him happy, trying to give him a bouquet of flowers and every smile that I give somebody. Like, I have a significant other in this thing. And that is the motivation for all of my habits, or at least I I try to make him that. And so I just want to separate the two is that like, and and I, I think people will understand this. You can have great habits that lead to great successful things in your life, but that doesn't mean you're a Christian. Right. And it doesn't mean you have a good relationship with God. True. Um, and if you want to be a Christian, like you need to learn the disciplines and the habits that will help you please God and, uh, you know, act justly, uh, love mercy, and walk humbly with Him. Right. You know, um, now that we've talked about a lot of this, let's talk about some Christian habits. Let's do it. Because I think ultimately that's a topic that we're trying to cover here. Uh, and obviously there's prayer. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's reading your Bible. Yep. Uh, actually, this is something that I'd like to do a whole podcast on mm-hmm. eventually, which is a confession. Okay. Which yeah. I think is a Christian habit that we don't talk about enough, and that most of us. Uh, well, I'm not gonna get into it because I do want to save. Amen. It for, Amen. I want to save it for its own Spoiler podcast. Spoiler alert. Yes, <laughs> we will do a podcast about confession. Uh, confession is certainly a Christian habit that I think that we all need to cultivate. That very of us actually uh, have a habit of. Mm-hmm. And another one which I do want to talk about on this one, uh, on this episode of this podcast, is the habit of meditation. Perry. Okay. And by meditation, I don't mean like Buddhist meditation. I mean like. Biblical meditation, if that makes sense, which in the Bible, when it refers to meditation, it's just literally spending deep thought Mm -hmm. in Scripture. Right. And deep thought thinking about God. Right. Right? And the the reason why I want to park here for a second is because, uh, you know, you go to conferences and you go to church and you go to devotionals and you're part of a ministry – be it a campus ministry or a high school ministry or a singles ministry, Mary's ministry. And, you know, prayer always gets its airtime and reading <laughs> your Bible. And I'm not saying that those things aren't important. Those things are, like, super important. Sure. As a matter of fact, those two things are a perfect place to start. Yeah. And if you're looking to, like, build really good Christian habits, mm-hmm. pray and read your Bible. Right. Right? But uh, I have... Uh, for the better part of uh, maybe four years, four or five years, really try to make a concerted effort to spend some time in silence mm-hmm. just thinking about Scripture. And I yeah. and, and the, re- the how I've done this now is like I'll read my Bible and then I'll spend like 10 minutes just literally vi- – more than 10 minutes a lot of times – but just some deep time thinking about sort of the – not the consequences, but the, the depths of what I've just read. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, let me let me read this. Uh, Psalm 119 is actually one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. Uh, but let me, to make an argument for meditation, let me read this to you. Here. Some of, some of this stuff, when psalmist writes this kind of stuff, the psalmist writes this kind of stuff, it fires me up. Here. <laughs> Listen to this. This is Psalm 119 verse, uh, uh, verse 99. It says, I have more insight than all my teachers, (laughs) for I meditate on your statutes, Mm. right? And the author or authors of Psalm 119, there's a lot of debate out there, 
uh, is basically saying that they're more boss than their teachers. <laughs> right, right. Which in the Jewish context is saying a lot, Perry. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this is hyperbole. We don't necessarily know if it's actually true, but they're basically making a point that the reason why they're so awesome mm -hmm. is because they meditate on the Word of God. Right. Let me read to you now Psalm 1, which is where the psalm begins. And again, Psalm 1. I've been spending a lot of time in the psalms, so I have a lot of psalms in my mind. <laughs> it says, uh, Psalm 1, verse 1, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. Mm. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers, right? And again, both these scriptures that I just read are making a huge right. argument right. for the awesomeness of meditation, right? Right. And again, let me be very, very clear what I mean by that. All that means is spending some time just thinking deeply about scripture, the law, God himself, Right. Right. And I think this is particularly important, Perry, when we talk about uh, certain Christian concepts like repentance, which right. literally means to change our mind. Right. To change the way in which we look at the world. I think changing the way in which we look at the world, changing our paradigm takes a lot of deep thought. Right. Right. And I think up until now, we've talked a lot about habit in terms of like actions. Mm hmm. But I do think that we also need to develop mental habits. Yeah. Right? And meditating on scripture, I think, is certainly one of them. So let me, let me throw some out there for you. Uh, in Isaiah 55, uh, in verse 8, it says, for, for my thoughts, and this is God talking, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. We know that that purpose, of, according to the parable of the sower, is that it gets into our hearts, it gets right. into us, and bears fruit. fruit. Uh, that fruit, meaning the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I miss one, faithfulness. Um, and, and what I'll say is this. I, I love what you just said. And then, uh, I, I've been listening to podcasts, uh, or not podcasts, um, just certain YouTube videos. I'm a writer. I love to write, and I've been listening to, like, workshops on writing. Uh, there's an awesome author out there, Brandon Sanderson, um, who's, who's written some great fantasy books. And he was talking about the difference between being a cook and a chef. And that uh, a cook can just kind of make something, you know, and, and put it out there, taste whatever. But a chef is able to look at the thing and figure out why it tastes good. Right, what are right. the different parts of this? And I, I think about, like, you know, the Bible and God's word is so strong. God is so powerful that even indulging in it in a superficial way will yield results. Right. Right? Uh, that means that you can, sh you can read your Bible in a shallow way. 
and pray for five minutes a day, and and something is what going happened? to happen, Correct. right? But but I, I think it's it's so much more than that. You know, recently I've I've committed myself to praying for an hour a day, and I go on a three mile walk, um, and so it's broken up into twenty minute sessions. Basically, I'm praying for something for twenty minutes, something for twenty minutes, and and recently for the last twenty minutes, uh, I've been doing what you're talking about, silence. And I, I pray right before I start that 20 minutes, like, God, teach me to listen, right? I, I want to hear your voice. And it has been mind-blowing. Right. Because I've spent years digging into his word. Like, a lot of his word is kind of soaked into me. Um, literally, sermons have come out of that time. Like, unlike before, like, I've been walking thinking a sermon and all of its <laughs> scriptures pop into my mind, and I'll take out my notebook and jot it down. Right, right. Uh, um, you know, different solutions to problems, different insights to this scripture or that scripture. It has been mind-blowing. And I think it's yes. just the difference between, like, anybody can put salt in some Mrs. Dash, you know, on a piece of on a piece of steak, you know what I'm saying, to make it taste good. On a good. nice, juicy steak, right. yes. But, but there are those chefs who take that steak and put it in the juices or whatever, the right. seasonings. Not everybody can make oxtail, people. Right, and, and they let it sit. For, for days, and, and they let the seasoning soak into the meat, you know, and, and meditation is that idea of us letting God's word really just soak into us, yep. and when we do that, like, we're not just superficial people anymore, like, it will flourish out of us in the most supernatural ways, and it's mind-blowing. Yes, uh, absolutely. And, but, and let me say this, and the reason why I wanted to spend some time on this particular habit, right, is because it's probably the one that is the most contrary to our lifestyles, mm. right? Because, man, like, especially now that I have kids, mm -hmm. right, uh, there is rarely mm. a time of silence in this house, right. right? We drive and we have the radio on, like... Mm -hmm. 99.9% .9 of us, the first thing that we do when we get on our radio, if it's not on already, right. we turn it on. Right. Right? We go to work, and most of our workplaces are noisy places, mm -hmm. right? And so we're 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 constantly uh, in a state of receiving, receiving stimulus, right. right? And that takes our attention. Right. And I think to make time to just, like you said, be silent, mm -hmm. right? And I think, and this is the thing, right? I think you can do this, uh, you can do this anywhere, man. Like, seriously, on your drive home, instead of listening to the radio, yeah. don't listen to anything, right? Right, And just think about God. Right. Like, think about Scripture. The reason why I gained, actually, the reason why I gained a big conviction on this whole thing is because the radio in my car broke, <laughs> Right. The Lord forced yeah, you. Yeah, no, he did. He did force me. The radio in my car broke. And, dude, these drives that I would take to different places and different appointments and work and all this stuff would be times where I just, like, come up with all these ideas. All of a sudden, literally, understanding on spiritual concepts would just deepen. Right. Literally because I was spending 20 minutes right. thinking about them. Absolutely. Right? Like, something as, as, as simple and as recognizable as grace, mm -hmm. right? Dude, when you think deeply about grace and you begin to understand the the layers wild, of awesomeness, wild. right? And all it does for you is just like it fills you with more conviction <laughs> and more love for God, right? But you have to make the time, right. man. Like you have to find a time where you can just like be at peace and think about God right. and think about scripture 
and 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 just and just listen. And again, I think the the reason why that and the reason why I wanted to spend time on this is because it it is literally the one that goes like the I, I feel like goes the most against the the rhythm of life. Yes, just the natural rhythm of life. That like this is something that we have to do like in super double purpose. Right. Because it, again, like you have to retreat from your family, mm -hmm. you have to retreat sometimes from your responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Like you just have to find time to spend some time in quiet meditation with with your thoughts and right. with, with the thoughts of God. Right, and it's it's so like you said, it's countercultural, um, and it it really is one of those things. Not that like if you're not a mature Christian, you can't do it, but it's one of those things where you you have to break into the habit of doing it uh but just like working out or changing your diet like yes. anything that's going to lead to the maximum amount of um, the maximum amount of health both spiritually and physically is going to always be countercultural. something that is like you know the weirdos do that right. you know what i'm saying uh and, and what we're not talking about here is becoming a monk like no w th this isn't so extreme that like uh, like i'm like even non-religious people see the value in meditation right um, but but when it comes to Christianity and being with God, he is so powerful, so awesome, that though we fear sometimes that if we take that time, we're going to drop the ball on something, or we're going to miss something here, or we're going to miss an episode of this, it's like, no. God says, I'll take care of all, what you need to eat and drink. Your, I'll, I'll take care of it all. You be still and know who I am. Yep. Uh, and it's just the rewards that come from that and the, the confidence and the peace that comes from it is literally supernatural yes and beyond understanding yep let me uh, let me just close with two things because uh, what I don't want is for anybody listening or watching to this to be overwhelmed sure uh, so let me just give you two quick tips and then we'll close because I think this has been an awesome conversation uh, two things uh, it takes about 90 days to purposely build a habit and here's the the, the wisdom of church it's easier, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and even our brains are more geared to form habits in a community. The encouragement and reinforcement that you get from building a habit in a community is uh, a lot more powerful than trying to go at it by yourself. Like you just... You you need uh it, it's super helpful basically right. to have an environment that is uh basically conducive conducive to you building these habits. Yeah. And so if you don't have a community around you that is supportive of your Christian habits, like if you have a bunch of friends that make fun of you, right? Because you have a quiet time, you may not want to hang out with those friends as much. <laughs> I wouldn't say you know write them off, <laughs> but a Tell your friends to repent. Right. And B, uh, get some friends that you can, you know, do this stuff with. Right. Those those friends obviously don't care about you. Maybe, Perry. That is, uh, you know, a big statement. But we shall leave it here for you friends that are not supportive. You're not real friends. <laughs> Amen. And with that, uh, hopefully you have found this uh, enjoyable. This is uh, a topic that I fear people will see on the heading and be like, I don't want to hear that. Mm. But if you did hear this yeah. and you found it super stimulating and encouraging, share it with other people. 
And uh, make sure that you share all of our content. Yeah. Uh, make sure that you connect with us on social media. I will put our social media handles mm -hmm. through the magic of editing right up here. There it is. That's cool. That's and cool. Uh, you can always find us uh, on our all social accounts at EtherMMC. And please comment on this video and share it and subscribe to our channel. And I uh, thank you so much for watching slash listening. And we'll catch you on the next one. Yep.